1: Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts. and today listeners, I've got Alex Terranova on the podcast episode. It's lovely when I get guys on because it's lovely to listen to the male's perspective. So, welcome Alex.
2: Thanks for having me. I'd love love to be here and give you my perspective. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and just off air we were talking about what would be a good topic for us to discuss on this particular episode and the The topic that came up, which I thought was great, was how men sabotage their relationships. So, Alex, do you you have personal um, experience of this or is this something that's just basically come up from dealing with your own clientele?
2: Oh, I think both. So I know in past relationships, especially when I was younger, before I started to learn about how to express my feelings, before I even understood what my feelings were, right? I used to think that anger was a feeling. No anger is an emotion there's a feeling that like heat or tension that has me identified as anger but like I I had no idea even what that was right I just I just put words to to sensations um I would usually tamp them down push you know push them down not want to feel them because as men most of us grow up you know suck it up don't cry work harder grind, hustle, all these all these kind of cliche terms about just like being a man is being tough and not complaining and just getting from point A to point B. And so I think in relationships, a lot of times I was going through challenging places like at work or with my own family, and I didn't know how to express and talk about those things. I think I actually had more facility than most men because my mom, me and my mom were very close. And I think I learned some of those things, but I still think I was almost like had a straight jacket on. Maybe I had one arm loose and most men have both arms tied up. And as I've gotten, I've I've had a coaching practice now for about eight years and I, I work with mostly men, but I do have some female clients. And one of the things that comes up often with my female clients when they're you know, the ones that are in relationships is this same thing where they're like, my husband's upset and I can't get him to talk to me. My husband seems like he might be depressed and he won't talk to me. My husband is so stressed out. He's not sleeping and he won't share with me what's going on. He says, everything's fine. Everything's okay. He's dealing with it. And at first, the thing I love about these women is they really love their men. They're not like, hey, buddy, go make more money. Bring those money. Right? They're not. I mean, they're <laughs> super loving and reasonable. They really want their men to be happy. And they're like, I just don't like seeing him like this. They see the impact. Some of them have kids. right? Mm. They see the impact that it has yeah. on their kids. And they they don't know how to get through. Often when they talk to their men, their men either get like pouty and oh, I, I'm terrible, I'm the worst. You know, they, they beat up on themselves worse, that doesn't help. Or they push back, right? They, they kind of uh, use anger or their tempers to kind of like leave me alone, like back off. And the women feel like they have no way to help their partners. And remember, it's a partnership, right? Men are always happy to help the, you know, woman comes to her man with a problem. Man's happy to give her an answer. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Two seconds. Um, And women have all their, uh, not always, but often women have friends that they can actually have deep conversations with. I think women are often more open to therapy, coaching, getting support. So men have boxed themselves into this space. And what I've seen happen and what is happening and what's being expressed to me is, the men don't realize how much pain they're causing on the other side of the relationship. They might be in pain, but their women are have empathy and want to support them and want to help them. But over time, the women are feeling alone. They're feeling isolated. They're feeling disconnected. They start to lose, you know, the levels of attraction that they had. Um, and really, the the detriment ultimately is they start to lose admiration and respect for the men that that they once had. And they're in trouble at that point. Their relationship is is uh is not in a good place. And I think unfortunately when women are talking to coaches, therapists, you know, relationship experts for help when they're listening to podcasts such as yours, it might already be too late. They're 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 grasping yeah. and then, you know, they're filing for divorce, they're wanting a separation, they want to leave. And the men are like, wait, what? It wasn't that bad well, it wasn't that bad to you.
1: Mm. I I, I 100% can resonate. I was in a marriage for 23 years and then a long-term relationship for 10 years. And I can relate to um, everything that you're saying, you know, Um, and they were good, good relationships, strong relationships, happy relationships, weren't toxic relationships, but there were just some things that were in that relationship that didn't get addressed and, that was I felt especially very tolerant about and um, accepting of and forgiving of um, to the point where you you keep, like you say, giving giving those extra chances for things to work out, but then it doesn't happen. and um, eventually, like you say, you just lose attraction and respect and but then it's too late to, to salvage because the love that you once had is just not there anymore.
2: Yeah. As you were saying that I was picturing, you know, we, we value like diamonds as being very, you know, not necessarily you and I, but the world values diamonds give, they give we give them a lot of value, but it, when the, when you give a diamond to a gemologist, they look at it and they look for all the flaws. Right. And I think a lot of relationships start as like, there's no flaws in that diamond. And then with the stress and um, the lack of communication and the, inability to powerfully communicate and share and support each other. Remember where if you're in a partnership, you're a team, that diamond starts to get discolored, starts to have cracks. It start right. It's, it starts to lose the value that it had. And all of a sudden one day you look at that diamond and it's like, it's okay. It's, it's fine, but it's not the diamond that it once was. And when something is fine or okay, I don't know about you, but I think we throw that word around, but nobody's looking for a fine or okay life. Nobody's no, looking, <laughs> right? I often say when I I used to, uh, uh, before I, I was a coach, I opened restaurants for a living. That was my, uh, restaurants and bars. And I, when I would train the staff, one of the big things I would say is when you ask a table how their food is, don't ask them, is everything fine? Nobody comes back to a restaurant that's fine. Right. Maybe out of like convenience or they don't have, you know, this ease. But you don't tell your friends about restaurants that are fine. You tell your friends about restaurants that are great, that are excellent, that are unbelievable. And I think the same thing is, is men and women at times like we settle and we tolerate fine. We tolerate our fine jobs. We tolerate our fine, you know, fine sex. We tolerate fine dates. But we don't see that all of that is like chipping away at the 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 worth or the wholeness that that we once had
1: so what would you say because i I know that most of my audience are women um i I do understand that i do have guys listening in and that's great i I love that but the majority of um like you said at the start really the the majority of um our audiences are usually women because it's women that go looking externally for self-help and uh personal growth and men are more autonomous and want to work it out for themselves. So they're less inclined to reach out. So what would you say to any women that are sort of going through the feeling of my relationship is okay. It's happy ish, but I feel like I'm just settling at the minute to um, reignite the the passion.
2: Yeah. I think for the first thing I would tell anybody in almost any situation is use your partner as a mirror. So instead of going to try to change your partner first, see what your partner can tell you about you. So if I was in, an, in a marriage, excuse me, or in a, a relationship and I felt like I wasn't we weren't having fun, let's say, and it was getting stale or boring, I might use that as a mirror and say, how am I being being boring or stale? How can I create more fun and excitement, right? let, let, let me take responsibility first. Same thing with, when it comes to love or communication, where am I not communicating? How can I communicate better? Maybe there's new ways of communication I can learn. So I really, I think it's a trap when we start blank. when we point our finger at someone else, like our partner shouldn't be like this or our partner should be like that. That's usually not gonna go well for either, either of us. So first step, I would say, use the, your partner or your relationship as a mirror and look at yourself and see if you can do that work. Right now if you're saying I'm I'm being more fun, I'm trying to cause create more passion, I'm trying to create more excitement and still I'm not getting anything. It's like tennis, right? They're not hitting the ball back. It's not <laughs> um, then I might say can you can we try to understand our partner? What's going on for them, right? Can can we have empathy for them? Can we try to see what their experience is now some men again will box you out they won't let you in there some men i think might give you a little more space i do know women who will say you know my 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 man will cry to me he won't do that outside of there Mm. but he will bring some of that and that if if you can get into there you can you know let that person know that their emotions are okay that you're there to support them right you can really empathize and i think connect with like their inner child that part of them that is probably afraid or scared. I know when I have challenges in, in business, I'm like, I gotta, you know, I go to my, my, man brain turns on and I gotta, I gotta just go and hustle. And sometimes I'm feeling like I'm not good enough or I can't do it. And my partner will say, Hey, I love you. Whether you do it or not, you know, I'm with you. I, we're on a team. How can I help you? And where I am, that's really supportive to hear That I'm actually not letting her down. That it's okay if I don't, if I'm not perfect all the time, or if I fail. It's a sense of relief, right? It takes some of the pressure away.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's about creating that safe space and probably showing your vulnerability first to Mm -hmm. to um, you know leave the door open for him to then share, Mm -hmm. Um, but not obviously be pushy around that.
2: Yeah, and and then I think the last, if you've if you've done all. kind of two or three of these things and you're going, you know, my husband or my partner is just sitting on the couch, drinking a beer. He, after he gets off work, I can't connect with him. It's like, I'm not even here. You know, when we try to talk, there's nothing, you know, there's, there's no connection. Um, the passion's going away. I think that's the point where you have to really use your power and your voice. Um, and I, I don't, not from like anger or, or fear or dominance, but from like ferocity, from, from being fierce, the idea that I need to be heard. So I'm not going to make him do anything, but he needs to hear me. And I said to a, I had a client recently and I said, you don't want to leave your husband, right? Like I was pretty clear on that. She goes, no, I don't want to leave. I want to be with him. And I said, but he has no idea how bad it is for you right now. Just that he doesn't, he doesn't think it's that bad. I said, you need to make him understand how bad it is. You need to share your truth with him because he's right now on he's he, he's living in a delusion, and so th- and that was really scary for her to have to say to him, "Listen, I don't I don't want our marriage to end. I don't want to leave. I want this to work, and I'm really unhappy. I know you think that it's fine, but for me, it's not fine." We even joked around how if he does, if, if he didn't get that, how you could show him that you have two different experiences. I was like, the next time he asks you for a cold beer, give him a warm beer. And he says, this isn't cold. And you say, well, for me, it felt cold. <laughs> no, <laughs> obviously it's a joke, <laughs> right? Thought, yeah, we, yeah. I, um, it, that it's, it's a joke. I don't know that that would be effective with all people, but like, sometimes we, we just think our experience is the same experience that our partners are having. Mm. And that's not, true always
1: no i'm looking back um i mean we can can always learn and connect the dots once we look back on our previous relationships and i know with my ex-husband for example that i massively contributed to the feeling of um it just feeling like there was no passion there's no um you know i I was just settling for an okay relationship a Mm happy-ish relationship rather than um you know, one that felt alive and uh, um you know something that 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 really excited me uh but i i know now looking back that i obviously massively contributed to that myself because my heart was closed in that relationship i'd previously mm-hmm. been through some serious sexual assaults which had you know massively impacted the way i viewed relationships and um, my heart just wasn't open. So I, I can now look at myself and think, you know what, you know, um, no wonder there was, was little passion in that relationship. You weren't open. You weren't ready. All you wanted in that relationship at that point in your life was to feel safe, secure, and protected. And he, he did provide that. And that was enough for 23 years.
2: Yeah. Good for you for looking at, you know, what you could do and where, where you were participating because i think that's it's hard to be with somebody that that when when we're not in a good place but it's harder to look at yourself which is i think why most men avoid it which is also the irony of being a man is we pride ourselves on being tough and brave and doing the hard thing but when the hard thing's emotional we avoid it and I it, it's i have this uh I have this idea and this exercise that I that I want to do with with men with a group of men I haven't done it yet but I want to have a group of men do something that's really physically hard that's very like traditional masculine and then talk to them about how it feels and I think some of them will be uncomfortable and some of them would would feel good and strong and masculine and tough about it and then I want to have them do an exercise that's very emotional and very outside of the you know more in the feminine and then t- talk to them about how it feels And I think I'm pretty sure that most men are going to say the emotional thing was harder, was scarier, was harder, was more confronting. And then come back and say, but I thought that's what being what a man was all about is doing the harder, scarier, more confronting thing. Yet we choose the things that we're more comfortable in that seem like they're tougher, scarier, harder, but that actually
1: aren't. Yeah. um, I've, I've seen, I've seen a similar exercise where, um, I think, you know, they did sort of like a martial arts type thing where they got guys to, you know, karate chop a, a piece of wood, you know, 12 by 12 inches uh, with that, and um, we punch through it. And, uh, you know, and I think it's a great exercise to have a go, at, but I don't think they did the other exercise around the emotion. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your, your results on that one as, and hear how it goes, because I've certainly, you know, analysed my own long-term relationships and can massively see where, um, you know, I contributed to that being the case. And, you know, and for the longer-term relationship that I subsequently had after my marriage, which lasted for 10 years, and we've still got an amicable relationship now, is that, you know, uh, with that, I was very much, because I'd been on a personal development journey, I was very much in this mindset, I'm, I'm being the bigger person, and, and being forgiving if there was any unacceptable behavior rather than addressing it and having boundaries. So that was my lesson from that relationship was, you know what, <laughs> boundaries, it's- boundaries, boundaries. You're not being the bigger person by being forgiving, uh, you know, when the behavior is not acceptable.
2: Yeah, even the concept of being the bigger person is such an ego concept, yeah. right? I'm, I'm a. It's almost like saying, like I'm the better per. It's saying I'm the yeah. better person in Absolutely. a different way. Um, and forgiving does take a level of courage. Forgiveness is not always easy, depending on how how bad the transgression was. You you just had me think of something. Oh, the two ways that we're conditioned that I wanted to touch on that you just said, right? As men were conditioned to um kind of be loud be the voice be brave be strong be the leader and women are often conditioned to be the supporting the supporter right we live in a patriarchal dominated world for the almost you know the most part and women are conditioned to not have a voice to not speak up when we think about when you put you know two a man and a woman in the same office in the same office, if a man speaks up and is forceful and, and powerful people are like, wow, he's so assertive. Yeah. And if a woman speaks up, they're like, Oh, what they'll call her the B word, or she's hysterical or she's dramatic. It could be the exact same thing. And that is, and and women will even do that to each other. Right. And, and men will, and we've isn't that our, as an individual's fault, this is the way we've been conditioned in society because it fits the roles that our society has said we're supposed to play. So women are not supposed to like talk back or speak up or be the assertive dominant one. They're supposed to kind of be the supportive figure. Now, I don't agree. I don't actually want that. I want a woman who's, who's unleashed and powerful and gets to bring her whole self to me. That's way more fun and way more exciting. But inside of the confines of our relationships and our society women have been so trained to, right, to, like, dim that voice down mm. and not speak their truth. Yeah. And I think that's one of the big things that comes up is, right, is the men are doing their thing, and the women don't know how to express or say what they need or what they want powerfully and with your own words, like with boundaries, that it's actually not okay that it's going like this. Doesn't yeah. work for me. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And, and it wasn't um, – it was literally – his temperament, you know, it was uh, literally anger, uh, mm-hmm. being on the end of that, not not physical, but verbal. And it wasn't regular, you know, it wasn't like day in, day out. It was just like once every six weeks or so, there'd be, you know, lo- lo- losing his temper. And um, I just didn't want to be on the end of that because I, I know I didn't deserve it. But like you said, I didn't know how to address it in a way that... Um, you know, even if I walked away, I felt he was spoiling for a fight, and he'd come after me and still keep, you know, yeah. kicking the dog, <laughs> so to speak, verbally. It's, um, it's... So even if I kept silent, it seemed didn't seem to work. But then if I if I spoke, it just seemed as so though it it, it still so it still escalated, and I didn't know how to to manage that, you know. Yeah. And then when things were calm, you know, um, rather than address it and as, and state my boundaries I just forgive it you know because he was mm-hmm. he was obviously apologetic and um sorry about what he'd said but the thing was that when that that behavior kept, keeps getting repeated you know after a while you know even if the, you the dog is your best friend yeah.
2: yeah
1: it won't come to you even if you offer it its favorite bone
2: <laughs> yeah it's i think it's tough cuz we can't every situation's unique right some some people some men some women have levels of trauma that we're not going to be able to negotiate with on like a, inside of the relationship right we need support we need therapy we need coaching we need we need something outside of just the couple so you know the people listening to this that can identify with what you're saying they might not be able to just do the things i suggested the the it might be outside of that scope Right. It's like the same as sometimes people come to me and they want to work with me and they're telling me about their fears or their anxieties. And I will share with them that, that that might be something they want to seek therapy. They they might want to seek therapy around that. That that's not a coaching conversation. Right. That we everything doesn't work for everything. Right. If you if you weighed a thousand pounds to lose weight, you can't go for a run. That's not an available, right? There has to to start getting on the track. You need a different type of support. Yes. And so I I think that the things I'm speaking to are definitely when there is a level of like healthiness, right. In the relationship, if there's abuse going on, I would say, Hey, you need another level of support. Um, and I I don't know that you're what you were saying was abusive, but it didn't sound, it didn't sound healthy, right. That
1: that pattern
2: that you all were in. Mm. Um, And I think if we're, if, look, I get upset sometimes. I shut down. I don't, I don't yell and scream, but I'll I'll be, I'll shut down. I'm not able to hear what my partner's telling me. And usually if we talk about it when I'm in a different mindset, right? If we talk about it the next day, if we talk about it when I'm in a good place, I can go back in my mind and see how I shut down. And then because I want to be a better partner, because I care about the relationship I'm in, then I can try to practice and try to not shut down the next time. But if she, if we're in the moment of the tension and she's like, you're shutting down, sometimes that might have me shut down more. Right. Cause now you're feeling attacked. Not always. It just depends on the partner, but sometimes it's, it's, we need that like cooling off space. Mm. Right. So we can get out of our kind of reptilian brain and, and, and settle and then actually be able to have, a powerful conversation
0: yeah
1: absolutely 100 percent agree um yeah it's 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 a, a continuous journey of uh self-reflection and self-analysis because like you said you know i fully agree that you can't just point the finger at your partner to you know to, to whatever extent there is yourself that needs looking at first and foremost within a relationship and you know it's it's asking that difficult question you know how am I contributing to this being the situation that I'm currently experiencing isn't it
2: yeah absolutely I I think for the most part we have to and look this applies to everything for your the, the listeners that are challenged by some you know entrepreneurial or business situation or their situation with their children look at yourself first and it's so often hard to do, but think of whatever you're looking at as a mirror, and what is that mirror showing you? If it's showing you righteousness, if it's showing you anger, if it's showing you sadness or disappointment or boredom, um, if it's showing you, you know, it doesn't matter. Whatever you see, see if you can look at yourself and go, "How am I being or doing that?" And change. See if you can get a create a new reflection in that mirror by doing it yourself. I mean, we all know when somebody points a finger at us and tells us we're being a certain way, nobody likes that.
1: No. And that's not helpful, is it? Um,
2: <laughs> you know, usually. I call
1: it shudding. You know, when we should all, all over other people or, or even when we should all over ourselves.
2: <laughs> mm mm-hmm. that's, And that's a great, to I know we're kind of coming up on the end, like that's a great piece of, that I know women and men do this. A lot of men's challenges come around where they should be what they should have achieved, how much money they should make, uh, you know, what they should potentially, some men, what they should look like, what their house should be, what their car should be. And a lot of men are struggling, especially in the social media time, because we're seeing all the things that we think we should have achieved or gotten already. And if we haven't achieved or gotten them, well, then we're a failure, a disappointment, not good enough. And we don't know how to process those stories and those those feelings. So we get really, we're really like jammed up, I want to say, like constip- emotionally constipated. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I know women do this too, right? Women have like, I should look like this or I should, you know, have this kind of marriage or I should be married or have kids We both do it. And often I notice, though, that when women are challenged in their relationship with their men, that's what their men are going through is that should conversation. Um, And the the nightmare about the should conversation is even when you get the thing that you wanted, you should have gotten it earlier. (laughs) It's a trap that you can't escape.
1: Yeah, absolutely. On that note, Alex, what, what is your best contact information for those members of the audience that would like to get in touch with you?
2: I would have everyone just go to my website. I think it's the easiest, thedreammason.com. And on my website, they can see the podcasts I host. They can get access to my social media, uh, the retreat I'm hosting, all all the things that I do. um, And they can also just reach out to me if they want to connect.
1: So thank you so much. for any final words of wisdom around the subject of how men sabotage their relationships that you can leave the audience with?
2: Mm, um, I think I would say that we're not doing it on purpose. I don't think any of us are sabotaging our lives or ourselves on purpose. I think we think we're doing the best we can, and we're doing, you know, we're we're unfortunately often re replaying strategies that worked in our childhood or our young life that kept us safe. But now, as adults, those same strategies that kept us safe and protected are actually keeping us from what we want. So,
1: Those yeah. very wise words. Thank you for sharing that. And um, I think that's true for everyone. We're all trying to do the best we can, but we're not necessarily doing a great job of it, but <laughs> <laughs> we can keep uh, persevering and aspiring to do better. So um, thank you so much, Alex. That's been a really great, interesting conversation.
2: Thank you for having me.
1: You're very welcome. So it just leaves me to say, as always, true love starts with opening our hearts. And until
0: next time, goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L Y N at hearts-entwined.com Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.